Hi, I'm April Klumkevich. And I'm Amanda McClooney, and this is Her Step Forward, where we share stories of women who step up, step out, and step forward into careers and lives they love. On each episode, we'll typically be interviewing women we admire to learn more about their personal journeys and how they got to where they are by creating lives that reflect their true selves, whether that's at work or in their personal time. For today's episode, which is of course our first, we wanted to tell you a little bit about ourselves and why we started this podcast. And so the first thing to know is that we've been friends for many years and we've helped each other through a lot professionally. April has helped me with my personal career development. And Amanda's helped me with marketing since the launch of Bliss Evolution. We've always been on the hunt for inspirational women to surround ourselves with, but they're not always local. And that's how the idea for this podcast was born. In our search to create a network of women with entrepreneurial spirit, just the right amount of risk-taking and having trust that living authentically and actually being good people will draw good things our way, we decided to create this podcast to help other women like us who are looking to continue to learn, develop, and grow. So let's jump right in, Amanda. (laughs) You've worked in a lot of different fields. How did you get into marketing? That is a great question, and it's, <laughs> it could be a long story, but we'll, we'll cover some of the highlights. Um, honestly, I stumbled into marketing. I never set out to work in this field, but um, again, the short version of this story is that when I moved to Florida in 2008, the U.S. economy was in awful shape, and I had no job lined up. I had a design degree and limited experience in that field, but there were definitely no opportunities for me in that field at the time. So I started out here with a part-time retail gig. And the hours in the pay were terrible, um, as everyone knows, is very common in retail. retail. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I eventually decided to explore something new, and I got into the spa and hospitality industry, which is really big here, especially in South Florida. And I worked for a well-known resort brand as the spa supervisor, and one of my responsibilities there was to drive traffic to the spa and increase both our appointment bookings and the retail sales. So that experience for me was an introduction to marketing. Um, And then from there, I've honed into other types of marketing, because of course, marketing is a really big umbrella term. Um, And I've earned different certifications along the way. And then for the last few years, I've been focusing on the tech world, um, managing the marketing for a couple of different software brands. All right. So... Looks like you've been doing marketing (laughs) for a really long time, and now you've been marketing in tech for years. Mm -hmm. So what takeaways would you share from your time marketing in the tech world? Wow, Um, great question. Uh, I can say, first of all, that I've really enjoyed working in software marketing over the years because it's fast-paced and you learn a lot. Um, And it's actually where I got my first taste of podcasting as well, (laughs) which I'm so excited about. (laughs) Turns out I really enjoy it. (laughs) Um, But the tech industry is absolutely male-dominated, and I've often found myself wanting to connect with other like-minded women, even if they aren't in software or in marketing. Um, Because the thing is, is when you're a female and you're trying to climb the ladder or earn more opportunities or develop sharper leadership skills, whatever your goal is, 
you're going to have a totally different experience and approach than a male counterpart. And so a few months ago, I had just finished reading this really great book called Women Who Don't Wait in Line by Reshma Sajani, who is the founder of Girls Who Code. It's an incredible book and reading it really inspired me to take more action with the things that I want to accomplish in my life. Um, you know, in the book, one of the things that Reshma talks about is having your personal board of directors to help hold you accountable for what you want to accomplish. And I love that idea because I was thinking through, you know, who are the women in my life that I would want to be on my personal board, so to speak, um, when it was around this same time that you approached me with the idea of doing a podcast. And for me, it just felt like Yes, absolutely. The stars just aligned and I knew that it would be a really great opportunity for us to share stories from incredible women. Um, and I'd also get to roll up my sleeves and work on a podcast again, which I had found myself missing over the last uh, year or so. And and here we are. And I'm really thrilled to start this podcast journey together. Me too. <laughs> we're, we're both so excited to be here. But let's like, let's backtrack for a minute. You talked about your move to Florida, mm -hmm. Amanda. Um, why did you move and why did you pick Florida? <laughs> well, um, Florida made sense for me because I grew up in North Carolina. So yes, there's a beach in North Carolina, but I didn't grow up very close to it. I would say I was more like four hours from the beach. Oh. And I always knew how much I loved going to the beach because it just, it makes me feel relaxed. It makes me feel refreshed. And I just really love connecting with nature, specifically at the beach is, is probably my favorite place. Um, and even once there was a time when I tried to convince my dad, um, I think I was in high school, um, to, to move to the beach. And that didn't work out, unfortunately. <laughs> So, so since that didn't work out, um, a couple of years after college, I found myself pretty bored and I felt like I was just going through the routine living in the Charlotte area because I'd been there my whole life. And so I started looking for jobs in the coastal areas of both North and South Carolina, but most of those are really just small little beach towns. Um, and so not a ton of great job opportunities. And in the end, I picked South Florida almost on a whim because I came to visit with a friend on a short vacation and I fell in love and I ended up moving and I'm so glad that I did. Although... <laughs> Although I have to say, you know, after moving, those first couple of years were so incredibly hard. Besides the job part that we talked about and, and moving with nothing lined up for a career, um, because there I was, I was trying to adjust to a new place and being so far away from my family and trying to make friends. Um, and, and honestly, there were days then when I wanted to move back and I felt like I had made a horrible mistake, but I was too proud and more importantly, way too stubborn to ask anyone to help me. <laughs> so I just, I kept plugging away one day at a time and like, you know, thinking a lot and trying to reflect and look inward and figure out what I wanted to do with my life because Although I went to school for design, um, it wasn't what I loved doing every day. It wasn't a career for me. And 
Um, so now when I look back, I'm so glad that I stayed and I pushed through those really hard days because I've grown so much as a person these last 10 years of living in Florida. Um, and I wouldn't change the journey at all because it's made me who I am. And I fought really, really hard to get here. Um, and so it's the best thing that I could have done for myself. And I just didn't realize it then because at the time I was just so focused on living at the beach and getting away from winter. <laughs> so it has been a really incredible journey. Um, now when I look back at everything. And yeah, in hindsight, a lot of times we're able to, you know, find meaning or create meaning yes from our experience absolutely it, it that's exactly how my story has worked out now <laughs> 10 years later so um I, I love it and I'm so glad that that I didn't give in to those feelings of, of moving back <laughs> in those early days um what about you April you have a background in career development at a few really large universities and I think First and most importantly, probably a question that you get often. Um, can you tell us more about what career development is? Yes. So career coaching and career development is a really interesting profession. I've been doing this work for 14 years, and it can mean a lot of different things. So I'll give you the snapshot of my background just for context. <laughs> I started career counseling at MIT when I was going to grad school at Boston College. I was actually studying to be a therapist, and MIT was hiring for career counseling interns. So my thoughts were like, oh, MIT is a good name. Right. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so I joke that I like fell backwards into career counseling and coaching. And I think a lot of people have that experience sure. of like, I just tried something that <laughs> ended up really working right. out. Um, and I ended up staying at MIT for an additional year after the internship. And um, after I finished up, I loved Boston. But great city. It's a great city. And I remember joking with my colleagues and saying, hey, if you want to move this university to the beach, yeah. I'll stay. <laughs> a warm beach. Not <laughs> any exactly, beach. Exactly, exactly. But I'm a South Florida girl at heart. I wanted to get back home. And so I accepted a job with Starwood Hotels and Resorts um, here on the beach in Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm and human resources. And this really rounded out my experience in hiring and gave me some valuable insight for career coaching and counseling. After that, I um, went to Houston for another university position as a um, career development counselor, then back here to South Florida, working at Nova Southeastern University and um, sort of running the advising side of the office and training people on how to do this work. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I started my own business three years ago. So, ah, so exciting. Yay. Yeah, it's been really a journey. I'm sure I will talk about it a lot throughout this podcast. <laughs> of course. Um, and although I have and do help anyone with career related issues, my specialty is in helping career changers navigate a career change. People tend to start working just because they were offered a job mm -hmm. and then five, 10 years have gone by and they start looking around and wondering how they could find work that creates meaning in their life instead of just being a job. I help people look at their values, personality, style, and interests to figure out who they are and how they want to contribute to the world. Then we discover what career options might be a good fit for them. We're able to compare career options to who they are as really a litmus test to see if we think it would be a good match and if they'd be successful. Once we have a few options that really seem to fit, we'll do all the practical stuff and get that person 
through the application process. So we review their resume, discuss how to navigate a successful job search, how to follow up on applications, how to interview and everything that comes with that whole process, how to negotiate salary, which a lot of women don't do. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> and as well as anything that comes up along the way that, that people may need help with. Yes. And I know from my own experience through the years, um, you've helped me with pretty much every single one of those items and especially the salary negotiation, which yeah. I loved and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to tackle it without you. So, okay. uh, but going back, how did you know when it was time to leave your job and start your own career coaching business? Because that's pretty scary decision to make. Yes. <laughs> you, um, had mentioned like stars aligning and being in the right place at the right time and, um, preparing to start something new is so important. And this is a great question because there are so many factors that go into making a big life decision like this. First, I was at a place in my career and job where I was really comfortable. I'd been working, um, you know, like I'd mentioned for over a decade in universities, I was being pulled more and more in my job to do less of the stuff that I loved, which was meeting with people and helping them with their career development and more of the stuff that obviously is important, but you know, I, I didn't really love it. Attending high level meetings to discuss the implementation of university wide initiatives. Yeah. Sounds a little boring. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you know, not for everybody, but for me, not my job. So, you know, where I really shine is digging in, in with someone to discover their motivations, passions, values, and figuring out how to make work they love out of that. So I started to think about how I could do what I love all the time and starting my own business came to mind. My dad's been an entrepreneur and was super supportive, but with this type of business, I wasn't sure where to begin because, you know, he'd been working like a long time ago before the internet. Things have changed a little. Yeah, so I called a former colleague and friend, Janet, that I knew from Houston and who has her own career development business to learn how she started and what I would have to consider to potentially create a business of my own. And she was super helpful with advice. But toward the end of our conversation, she mentioned that she had more clients than she could see at the moment because she'd recently written a book. So she asked if I'd be interested in taking some of her clients on. And I was like, yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I've been tempted to start my business and build it up over time while continuing to work, but the opportunity to start fell in my lap and I jumped on it. And that was the beginning of Bliss Evolution. When I talk to people who are weighing staying a job or starting a business, I pull from my own experience and try to help them look at everything very clearly. We talk about creating a few different plans and ideas for different scenarios, and we talk about what their backup plan would be if they don't start making money right away. Look, personally, I totally understand that I lucked into something good. I've worked really hard over my life and my career, and I've been saving money, But also I was in the right place at the right time when I called my friend in Texas who could send me clients right away. It worked out so well. It was perfect. (laughs) I just never would have been, you know, had the guts to leave my job if I didn't have a decent revenue stream and this allowed me that Mm -hmm. so that I could start building my own business and making money at the same time. In addition to that, Um, my family and especially my entrepreneur dad has always been super supportive. I know a lot of entrepreneurs struggle and we've talked about this together to find support. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of people we love tell us that we're crazy. (laughs) So, you know, why would you leave a well-paying job? And, you know, that brings a lot of doubt into the equation. 
Um, so for me, having that support from my family um, was really helpful and I was prepared to take that step and I had that emotional support. Um, if only one factor was off or just didn't align, let's say, for example, I was living paycheck to paycheck or I didn't know where clients were going to come from or I didn't have the emotionally supportive family that I have, I might never have started Bliss Evolution and I'm so glad I have. I've helped clients with their career issues by Skype or phone all over the country from Hawaii to Puerto Rico and everywhere in between Seattle, LA, Houston, of course, New York, Boston, Miami, and even internationally, Switzerland and Cambodia. I've had clients in those places. It has been super rewarding to be able to do exactly the work I love. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Right. Um, and you know, like I, I think definitely the scariest thing about starting your own business is just what you were saying. It's, it's having that lack of support that a lot of people feel because it is so common for the people around you to say like, you have to have a paycheck, just keep doing what you're doing because like it's more guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So for people who feel more stuck than you and, and maybe they don't have that like support network, how can they work towards making a big career change? If something's not falling directly in your lap, that doesn't mean it's time to give up. I think the best thing to do is prepare the best you can so that you're ready when a door opens up for you. If you're diligent with planning, you can start to make small changes now that really add up. Maybe that includes creating a timeline and cutting costs so you can begin to save money. Or maybe it means working a bridge job, something between what you're doing right now that you hate and, you know, your dream job. Right. So there's like an in-between pathway there. Maybe it means immersing yourself in environments that make sense for your goal. But this isn't solely about your career. So, you know, maybe creating the life you love means stepping away from work and making sure you're getting more of what you need to be happy in your life, like time with loved ones or doing a hobby you really enjoy. Whether it's career related or personal life, the most important thing to changing your life is to know what needs to be changed. And that takes some self-reflection and understanding of what truly makes you happy at a core level. Absolutely. You're right. It isn't always about work. Sometimes it is going out and, you know, connecting with nature, whatever does make you happy. Cause mm -hmm. some people love their job. They just get so wrapped up in it that it overwhelms them. Mm -hmm. Um, so on that note, you know, of, of outside of work and career on a personal idea, like what keeps you grounded? How I stay grounded, this is a question that is really near and dear to my heart. It actually um, it reminds me of this meme I saw last year or a couple of years ago, and I'm not going to get it verbatim, but the idea behind it was this. Yoga people must be really grounded and really centered, and we have it all together. And then it was like, no, yoga people have to do yoga because we're all nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that really resonated with me. I'm a big overthinker. I tend to get caught inside my own head and, and yoga for me is a great way to get outside of my head and feel my body and feel my breath and recenter and ground myself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, this Amanda, you come to my yoga class. I host an outdoor yoga class in Fort Lauderdale one week night a week. And I just love doing yoga and teaching yoga in nature. I love grounding myself in nature. I love being outside and looking out over the river and looking up through the trees and watching the sunset during yoga class. And that for me is just so important and so grounding. And I think um, in addition to that, 
Um, it's an important way for me to build a community of people that agree with me that mindfulness and self-reflection is important. So people who like to do yoga outside, people who want to reground at the end of the day and prepare for the week ahead. That's my microcosm of what we're doing with this podcast. That's me trying to create a community of like-minded people and um, people that can bring something to the table for me. And, you know, I can also share something with them. And, you know, that's just exactly what we're trying to do with this podcast. We're trying to create that community. Right. And, you know, this podcast obviously isn't a yoga community, but it's a <laughs> but com- we'll reach a larger community. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, people who want to live with more joy and create lives they love living. And everything I do, I feel like is in line with that mission. And yoga is one of those things. Mm-hmm. And that helps me help other people and also personally helps me stay grounded and be comfortable with the person that I am. That's great advice. And I I know for both of us, yoga is so important and and we really look forward to it. Yeah. And so with that, we want to say thanks to everyone for joining us today. And we're looking forward to sharing more stories really soon. In the meantime, you can learn more about us at herstepforward.com. And you can also sign up there to be um, alerted by email whenever new episodes are released. Or you can also follow us on Instagram at herstepforward for our our updates there as well. And if you'd like to reach out to us, you can either shoot us a message on Instagram or email us at info at herstepforward.com. Yes, we would love to hear from you. So please connect with us. And we are super looking forward to introducing you to our very first guest next time. Um, If you know of any other women looking for inspiration and motivation to live their best lives, feel free to share this podcast with them and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.